So there's not a lot of Disney news, but there is a lot of Disney news and we're going to talk about it. So join us for this Disney news-ish roundup. To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney podcast, where we have no guilt about our love of all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should. And we're perfectly okay with that. Yeah. Although if y'all could only see how not okay we've been with trying to get this episode started. <laughs> that is true. It is true. <sighs> Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gertie the Dino. My name is Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mousewife WDW. I seriously was like, do I go next? Does she go next? It's been a while. It's been a while since the three of us have been together. This is what we- happens when you go rogue and do episodes without us. Apparently, yeah. I mean, geez. Hi, it's uh, Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com. Uh, and then the whole No Guilt universe. You can find me at No Guilt Life on all socials. And uh, we are here to have some conversations. Like, it's been a while, like I mentioned, um, since the three of us have been together. I think all of April was just uh, kind of wild and crazy on all three levels. Like each one of us had stuff going on. Uh, Jane was head deep in Taylor Nation. She was just living her best Taylor Swifty life over there. Um, Teresa and I each got to go to Disney and had some big trips going on there. Uh, my mom was here visiting for two weeks, which is great. But I will tell you, I am not the person that can, um, like when my my routine gets it's messed up, meaning somebody's here visiting or I'm traveling and I had both happening this month, I can't get it together. So this whole, all of April is just over and I'm okay with that because I don't know what happened this month. It was kind of crazy. Um, but uh, we're here. We are going to run down a little bit of news, a little bit of uh, trip reports, um, a little bit of heads up for some things that are coming down the pipeline here in the future that you might need to know about. And uh, yeah, I think the first thing to talk about is those lovely Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Both of them went back on sale, the annual pass opportunities. Um, Jane, yes, no? Yes, ma'am. What did you end up doing about your annual pass for Disneyland? I did not buy a Magic Key. Um, I have yet. still been holding out. Yeah, no, no, it's 100% a yet. Um, <laughs> mostly because I have a trip coming in two weeks. And when the day that the Magic Keys went on sale was like... I think it was the same day either as annual. Pa- it was no, it was April 11th. And registration. It, registration was the 12th. Yeah. It was like back to, it was dumb. We had that. And then I had like work and like, I don't know, all these things. And so like, I met, you were like, are you sitting in the queue for magic key? And I was like, no. And then <laughs> I waited until the day later or something. And I was like, okay, let me go in and get my magic key. And when I went to look all the dates for my May trip were completely blocked. So I was like, there's no, um, there's no point in me buying it now right. because I'm going to have to buy other tickets um, for my May trip anyway. So I was like, let me just wait and hold off on that. So I'm doing that, which works out well anyway, because the only thing that was left and available um, at that point anyway was the, in, what is their top one called? The Imagine Pass? Inspire. That's the one. I was yeah. not inspired to spend $1,600. I was Here more believing that the 1100 was right in my range. Well, that's 1300 uh, but you're cute. Okay. <laughs> okay, that one. Sure. Whatever it was, um, I was believing that was more my price range than I was inspired to spend more. Got and it. so, yeah. So, it just worked out anyway. Um, I will, ultimately, I'll wind up getting it as we still have to book our summer trip. So we do. We do. Um, yeah, I actually, my daughter wants, she's graduating high school this year and she <clears throat> has worked herself into like three different graduation trips. 
And um, this was the most, mm -hmm, yeah, she's got a Taylor Swift trip. She got to go to Salem in um, Salem, Massachusetts in October, which was like her big, she really wanted to do like all the witchy stuff. And so we went and did that. And now she's like, oh, but I really, really, really want to go to Disneyland. And I'm like, funny, me too. Hmm. So we're looking at that as a possibility. And I actually went ahead and booked out the dates for my magic key on the off chance Smart. because because I was I've seen enough um, concerns complaints um, for my local magic key holders over there that they have a, a bigger issue with getting reservations than Walt Disney World does. So I went ahead and I booked them. We'll see if it happens. If it doesn't happen, maybe you and I can go, Jane, because we do need to go see Rogers and Music Hall. That's it. I'm I'm all just about. I need to fly out, see Rogers the musical, turn around, and come home. Like that I would don't be need fine. to do anything else. Yeah, honestly, and honestly, I would be good with that too. So yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I there's a chance like I could fly out Friday and just fly home Sunday. Like it's sure. that there's that big of a need to see Rogers. <laughs> um, Although, like, would I love to have extra days to see it? Yes, of course. Of course, of course. But I am also going to will it into an extended stay. Like, you're not putting this on for three months just to shut it down and do nothing. Like, we're not. We're not I, doing this. I just need to run through September, at least, personally. But, yes, I'm with you. Is like, I don't understand why we would go through this whole... <laughs> yes, we know September. Um, I don't understand why we would go through this whole process of um, casting and everything, right? For only the summer. So that's my yeah. hope. I'm with you as well. I, I really do hope that it goes at least through September, if not extended extend it we're gonna put it out into the universe and hope that it happens I so think that we can once get that run is done they just need to add it to the parade that's an option i think that what parade I, any parade just have them parade <laughs> parade parade somewhere just have to, like, <laughs> what they okay. used to do in pca when they had like the newsboys come out and do their little suitcase and a dream okay. like, that's just have them come out, do it in the middle of the park, and then be on their merry way. And then be on their merry way. I, I'd be okay with that as well. So, hey, listen, Disney, we've got all kinds of ideas. But what we really need to see and what we really need is some Rogers the Musical. And so we're happy that it's coming. But the longer it could stay, the better it would be. Um, now, did yeah. they announce the official opening date for that? I thought we were still waiting on summer. No, they didn't. June 30th. Oh. oh, so it's, it's a month into the summer, which is why I'm like, it's got to be July and August and hopefully September. Like, I can't see that it's only going to be two months and that it ends right after Labor Day or right before Labor Day. Right. So that's yeah. my hope. Is that it does run through September. So um, they didn't give an ending date. They only mm -hmm. gave a start date. Oh, Correct. that's hopeful. I love yeah. that for us. I do too. It's it's a beautiful okay. thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so Jane is still not a magic key holder. However, nope. we have somebody new to welcome to the club. <laughs> Who's the leader of the AP club that's made for me and you, you and me. Oh, I can't even sing my song today, guys. I'm so out of it. Um, Risa, tell yes. us about your exciting news. So I am once again an annual pass holder for Walt Disney World. Being out of state, I only had one option. So I didn't have to deliberate. Um, if you're out of state, you can only do the um, Increda Pass. Mm -hmm. I believe I was also getting used to the new names. Uh, but yes, so they went back on sale on April 20th for Walt Disney World. And I had all of my experience with registering for Run Disney and D23 <laughs> events in my back pocket. So I really lucked out. That morning, they said that the annual passes would go on sale no earlier than 6 a.m. I think they observed the magic keys. They said they would go on sale at a certain time. And then there were some technical issues. So they reworded it that it would be no earlier than that. And I think it was around 645 <laughs> when they finally like officially opened up the queue for people to get in. And I, I, I just don't know. I lucked out very well because as soon as it's transferred and switched over to the queue part, 
I had less than a 30 minute wait immediately. Everyone else I talked to had the, you have to wait more than an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just immediately like almost in and ready to go. And I think it only took me about 20 minutes. Even at that point, it it moved really quickly. So I was done by 7.15 with my annual pass. And luckily I left for a trip two days later. I had been just (laughs) holding out hope that they would come back and it worked out in my favor. Um, I'll say like, so having it back for my trip again, Again, it was fantastic just because the way that I like to do the parks is jump in for a little bit, leave, kind of like adjust my plans on the fly. And it's very challenging to do that when you have to buy traditional park tickets and feel like you want to make the most out of it. I have three other trips coming up on the calendar. So price wise, doing the annual pass made sense for me. Um, And one of the things that I learned kind of partway through my trip is so for to get the discounts, either shopping discounts or dining discounts, um, you know, historically you would kind of show them your annual pass and they'd look at it and you're good to go. But the new annual pass cards do not have the date on them. So I, it was kind of a mix between for dining. Sometimes they still wanted you to put the card in for with your check to know you had an annual pass for shopping. They wanted to see it on your phone so they could see what the actual expiration date was. And that was a little different for me, especially since I didn't have the card until Mm -hmm. day three or four of my trip. So trying to like navigate and pull out all these different things. So if you if you haven't had an annual pass in a while, and you are going and trying to figure that out, make sure you just do a screenshot that you put into your favorites of your actual ticket to show them so you're not like in line trying to bring it up, getting it to, to show on your phone. Um, that is, that is my pro tip now after having been there and you can go to like, it was really quick to go to, um, any of the ticket booths to go and get your, the physical card. If you haven't done that yet, um, I think Disney Springs at their guest services location, you can do it there too. Um, but so I didn't, I did not need my ticket or my annual pass card right away, but it is helpful for if you want to do any of the dining discounts. Uh, for sure. I did, um, a little Disney math and this is very rudimentary. This is, because Disney in its infinite wisdom is making things so complicated. You can't even determine easily what the price point is. That's going to break you even, you know, for Mm -hmm. if it's worth it for people like us um, who are annual pass holders who are also out of state, um, you know, we can only get the most expensive one. And so I did just basics and I, I used the average of $145 uh, per park day. Um, that could be more, that could be less. It just really depends on, it depends on when you're, when you're traveling and what days you're going. And also if you want park hoppers or not park hoppers and that sort of thing. So I did, but I just use the average of $145 uh, per park day. And then, um, the break even poise point for an Incredit pass is about just under 10 days. So like nine and a half days, essentially 9.65 days. Um, the simple math was, you know, 145 times 10 equals 1450. And then the Incredit pass I think is 1399 before taxes or something. So yeah. Um, so that was kind of what I did. And that's just your park ticket to get in. Of course you do also get to take advantage of, of your 10% off of certain dining and, um, free parking. If you are not staying on site, you also can get free parking at the theme parks um, and your merchandise discounts. All of that like could factor into a bigger savings for you. And I'm using air quotes over here for those of you listening on the podcast, Um, because we recognize like it's ridiculous to talk about like this, you know, getting an annual pass as a savings option. But if you go enough, it truly does end up being that's the case. That's the well, case. And know, because they've, I think they're increasing the number of general discounts they have for room rates. But for mm-hmm. the most part, they haven't done general general room rates or room discounts. They've had a lot of like DVC room discounts or AP room discounts. So being able to take advantage of that for one of my upcoming trips, I think as soon as I got it, I was able to rebook one of my rooms that I did not have a discount for. And it was like $150 savings for for that yeah. trip. So yeah, so again, for me, for my specific situation, it a thousand percent made sense to do at this point. But it's you you it's helpful if you know you have trips coming up 
Um, that's, that's what I would recommend it. If you know, or especially if you have a number of short trips. So I'm going for things like destination D where I won't be in the parks all day, but I like having the option to go once it's done and hang out for a few hours and come back, not have to use a full day park ticket for that. So it's also slightly dangerous because it encourages you to add trips to your year, um, to make sure you're getting the most of your park tickets. Not factoring the fact that you still got to pay for a hotel. You still got to pay for your flight down, you know, whatever it is. Thankfully, I have a lot of um, of um, uh, flight points. I fly on Southwest and we use the Southwest credit card. So I end up, most of my flights are free. So I can justify things a little easier, I think, than some people. Um, but that is the one thing that I will I will caution uh, with an annual pass is that the, the math can get fuzzy real quick. There is some justification that goes into this for a lot of people. Obviously, in my case, it was very easy to justify considering like three of my businesses are interlinked with the Disney parks. And so it's truly me going down for for a real reason, for purposes, not just for the magic. But of course, I get some of that as well. So uh, this podcast is brought to you by Disney Parks Annual Passes, apparently, because we are all now three annual pass holders. And I'm so happy you're back, uh, Teresa. Teresa, did you, um, just to, as a, a reminder to just um, being nosy and trying to remember, did you just let yours go during pandemic or did you like actively go cancel it? I, I couldn't remember what your status was. I, I let mine lapse. I'd actually held on to it longer than I probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, I did not really travel during the peak of COVID, especially not until after I was able to get vaccinated because I do have some lung issues. So for me, it was it was out of safety. So mm-hmm. I, I did let it lapse. And then I just wasn't fast enough because they did have like a grace period for people. If you let it lapse, you could get it back um, before yeah. they fully canceled sales. And I, I did have one trip. I was actually in at Walt Disney World when they um, when they discontinued the annual passes at that time. <laughs> so if, if I had been faster and more on the ball, I could have renewed when I was like renewed at my previous AP level. Um, yeah. I just did not do that. And then it was struggle waiting for it to come back. I don't think any of us expected it would be it took a long time, like, like 18 months for them yeah. to come back. So that was, that was on me. That was my bad. But, but yeah, so I, I didn't use it. I think the, like the last year I had it because of COVID, I ended up not using it at all. And then having just waiting for it to come back, but I'm glad it is now. So, yay. Okay. Well, I'm going to segue. We're going to talk a little bit about our dining experiences. Cause I think the three of us all had some fairly new dining experiences or new to us or new to current times anyway, um, experiences over the last month. Uh, first, Jane, you went to Roundup Rodeo. I went to Roundup Rodeo. We haven't even talked about this. So let me, let me hear what your opinion is and what you what you thought about it. I loved it. Um, is it Roundup Rodeo or Rodeo Roundup? That's a good question. Uh, uh, Roundup Rodeo. <laughs> there we go. Um, so we went to, uh, Woody's roundup rodeo, excuse me, after springtime surprise. And it was like six of us. And I thought it was really cute. Like it's, you know, it's right in that corner of toy story land. I think they desperately needed a sit down option there. Um, I am not a huge, like I love studios you know like studios is my favorite park here but their food options are absolutely terrible um so it was nice to see like another option there i thought um the theming was adorable you go inside i thought the visuals were adorable it's Mm -hmm. absolutely what i would have expected from like something toy story themed i would love for it to be a character meal But I also understand why it kind of can't be a character meal because if you do it as a character meal, then it's going to take away the meeting and the greeting of Woody, Jesse, Buzz, right? Like those are the people that you're going to wind up putting in there and then you can't meet those people standing out in Toy Story Land, right? So then we'll get into this. That's fine. Let's meet Zerg. I want to meet Zerg. I think we should meet Zerg inside there. 
And then we're going to wind up in the overall Disney debate where people are going to say, you can't put the good characters in there because then the people that don't want to pay for it don't get to have that experience. Right. I agree. I mean, I would love <laughs> yeah. Zerg. I think he's a great option. I think there's plenty of characters in the Toy Story universe that I think that they For could sure. put in there. Yeah. Um, that are not Woody and Buzz and mm-hmm. Jesse, right? But I also understand that they're they could put those other ones in there and people would be like, Well, why do I need to go there? Because those aren't great characters, but like I don't know. It's the run Disney in me that's like rare characters are the thing. Yeah. Um, I thought characters would have been great, but uh, overall, I thought the food was excellent. Mm-hmm. I thought um, the options that we had were really great, and I thought that even the um, the cast members there, they were really playing along with it, so I thought it was really well-themed and really super fun, to be honest. I will go yeah. back. Yeah, I know there was a lot of people that weren't happy with it, and they were complaining about that they felt it looked cheap or whatever, and I was like, it's completely on brand for what we're doing, which is we're in Andy's backyard and this is the inside is, you know, set up like a kid would have done it. So it made sense to have kind of like cardboard looking characters over here and whatever. So yeah, I, I agree with you um, on, on most of the aspects. I thought the food was okay. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was the best food ever. Um, I've had better barbecue on property. Yes. Regal Beagle, you still yeah, live the in Regal Beagle. <laughs> the Regal Beagle, between the Regal Beagle and Cosmic Rewind, that is the, it, those two things are the reason I go to Epcot. Go Sorry, to Epcot. Epcot truthers. <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> like those two things are literally the reason I go to Epcot. Yeah, no, um, but I, but I did, I enjoyed the food. I went by myself and that is a huge mistake. I would suggest to anybody who's interested in this, um, meal is to please, please, please go with at least one other person. Um, I had a reservation for two, but my two people, Jane being one of them, and my other person, um, Tanya, could not make it that day. So I ended up having to go by myself. Um, you get a huge amount of food served to you. Um, so if you are a hungry person, if you've got teenage boys if you've got you know a family that likes to eat this is a this is a good option for you there was tons on the menu and tons that you could choose from that I think would satisfy everybody and I thought it was all good it was it was fine it wasn't you know best barbecue I've ever had I'm from Texas so I I admit that I'm a little biased when it comes to barbecue but I did think it was good and I did um think I, I was fine with the with the price of it based on like how much food we got I hated it because I I didn't put a dent into it. I mean, it yeah. was, it was one of those things where I was just like, uh, stop, you know, this is too much. Um, but I tried everything. Um, the dessert was great. I had the like Billy's chocolate. That's what I had. Pie, something or that. It was really, it was really good. And I had one of their drinks. I got one of the, the alcoholic beverages, which was a very tasty. So, and I couldn't choose, like there was like four drinks on that menu that I was like, can I have all of them? <laughs> but then I really wouldn't have eaten any of the food because I just would have been drunk. So um, yeah, I, I definitely had a good experience there. I thought it was good. I thought it was great. I think it's a one and done for me as far as, unless I'm just with people who really, really want to want to go back or if we are spending our day at Hollywood studios, this is, probably my best food option to go to at Hollywood studios. So, you know, if, if I don't have any other choices, then yes, I would go ahead and choose this. Um, I do think if you threw characters in there, if it's Zerg, if it's just somebody, but I think that, like you said, there's a lot of toy story characters that we could have had, um, I think as a meet and greet in there. And I, and I do think that that would have been appropriate and cool and fun and made it worth the cost. Um, but otherwise, yeah, the cast members were fantastic. They were still playing along. Everybody was still happy with the Andy's coming, you know, aspect of it all. So it was good. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely say that if you are of Toy Story fans, this was a, a good option for you, your family, you yourself, if you're just interested in that. But I would caution that you want to bring at least one other person, if not more, because that's a lot of food. It was so much food. It is. And the one thing, um, the one other thing that I wanted to say was that there's a ton of plant-based options. Mm-hmm. So the menu itself was like four options and you get to choose four options off the menu. And so 
I want to say that there was four full options that were for meat eaters. And then there were four full options that were Mm plant-based. So you could get all of one or all of the other, or if you have a mix of people, you can get, you know, Oh, Hey, we only want this one option with these three options, whatever it is. So I thought that that was um, really great. Um, And the same with the sides. Cause like, it was like, you get, I don't know. I feel like we had like four things for like entree. Right. And then you got four sides that were mm-hmm. that you could pick off. And then same thing. There were eight options to choose from. And it was four of this and four of that. And again, that, that uh, drink menu that you mentioned, I could have drank in every single one of them. I drank zero. Um, but like it was a menu that I was like, oh, like usually there's only like maybe one or two drinks that I'm that I'm willing to try. But all of the drinks I thought so great options. Yeah. Like they had the whiskey lemonade that I was Mm -hmm. like, that looked amazing. Um, They had something that looked like the, um, maybe I'm thinking of the whiskey lemonade that looks like the grown up lemonade that I get at uh, Woody's. What's the lunchbox? That's it. Woody's lunchbox. Andy's lunchbox. Somebody's lunchbox. Got it. The lunchbox has the grown up (laughs) lemonade and everybody should drink that. It's delicious. It's delightful. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I also have a video. So if in a blog post, if you're looking for pictures, if you want more details, um, all of that, I will link that down here at the bottom in the show notes, um, and in the video description. So go check them out. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on it. If you've been there, I know I put it in the, in the Facebook group and there were some comments. I think there was only one person who really didn't care for it, but you know, there you go. To each their um, own. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, some people love it. Some people, I, I think I'm middle of the road. Like it was good. Um, and I some would, people love Epcot and some people don't. <laughs> That's true. That is so true. Speaking of Epcot, I'm going to jump in real quick and talk about, um, I can never say this correct. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Norway restaurant. Please, Teresa, I know you know how to say this correctly for me. Please do it. Akershu. Thank you. Akershu. Okay. I ate there um, for the first time in years, probably six years maybe seven. We went there a long time ago as a family because you can see the princesses. And I had little girls who wanted to see the princesses. And I think we had a breakfast buffet at the time and just not like the food didn't do anything for me. We weren't super excited. It was, it was, it was a mixture of, I don't know, um, Norwegian stuff plus the eggs and bacon and Mickey waffles. Right. So it was just a weird combo, but um, and we're not super adventurous eaters, so it was fine, but we we just hadn't gone back. So in my quest this year, I'm trying to do a lot of the character meals, and I have done a lot of them. If you're looking for character meal uh, conversation, I'm going to link those posts for you um, again here in the notes. But um, I wanted to do the princesses, so I got – say it again, Teresa? Akashu. Akashu. I got Akashu, and I got Cinderella Royal Table on this last trip. So I was all princessed up and got to check out all of the princess offerings and the meals that we had. And my answer is, I think if you have a princess lover, you cannot go wrong with either meal as far as the meet and greet opportunities. Um, The princesses really were on their A game at both locations. They were very sweet. They were very kind and loving and gentle with the kids. And um, I was seated next to... 
some really unruly kids. They they were, you know, I I, I try I definitely try not to judge parenting, and I definitely do not try to judge anybody at Disney when this stuff is going down. But I had on each side of me like some kids who were just losing their minds at first until the princesses started coming around. And then it was like magic. It they it really was just it came over them, they calmed down, they they were so excited to meet them, but they think they were also in awe of these princesses standing there. And uh, it was really sweet and it was really great. And it was really fun to see. So in the end, I absolutely loved my meal there. I loved uh, the, the food itself, um, the standouts for me, uh, the, the salad that they gave me. There's a, I'm gonna say this wrong too. I apologize to all my Norwegian friends out there. Lefts, lefsy, I'm not sure, but it's like it was bread with some cinnamon butter. Like you put the butter on it and you roll it up. It was kind of like a tortilla type thing, but a sweet tortilla type. Anyway, it was really good. Um, and then uh, the salmon that they served was really delightful. I did have to laugh at this. It's it comes as a family style meal. So again, once again, it was way too much food for just one person, but it is what it is. And um, on the same plate with this, like the, the salmon and the meatballs, there was macaroni and cheese and there was um, green beans and corn dog nuggets. So this is also one of those meals where I think they probably recognized early on that maybe some of those un- not so super adventurous kids were not going to come to this location because there wasn't going to be anything for them to eat. So they are just putting it all on that platter for you up front. Um, so yeah, I had corn dogs, I had macaroni and cheese along with my salmon and my green beans that were deliciously prepared. Um, and the Norwegian meatballs that, um, that came with it. Anyway, it was, it was all good. It was, it was, I have no complaints or no issues, no, no anything. I will say my server and the service that I received there was absolutely fabulous. It was really fun. And, um, uh, you know, again, the princesses, Look, if you need a princess meal, this one, definitely go ahead and put it on your list because it's worth it. The other princess meal. Have either one of you guys been in the castle anytime recently? It's actually on my list of things I've never done. You've never done the castle. Okay. I haven't done it in probably 15 years. Okay. And when you said it, I was like, damn it. How did I not get invited to the Cinderella Royal Table meal? Girl, you are busy. <laughs> you are, this was during your very I am. no good, I am awful. Actually, no, you were, no, you were running that day. This was the day you did the 10K and like you were back in yeah. your room. Like, yeah, you were definitely not coming out to eat with me. I was sleeping that day. Yeah, correct. Correct. Because <laughs> you finally could. Um, that's why. That's why. This was all during the Taylor Swift uh, Palooza run Disney weekend. So Jane was, uh-huh. was MIA. Um, okay. So I went to Cinderella and here was in the interesting experience that I had there. I also scored a Tron virtual queue. Teresa, you got to ride Tron? Yay, yay. I did. I wrote it three times. (laughs) Okay, then I take it you liked it. All right, good to know. Um, Okay, Um, so I had a Tron virtual queue that the timing of it was going to back right into this reservation as well. So I went to Cinderella and I was like, is there any way you can seat me early? They were like, absolutely not. And I was like, okay, thanks for, thanks for playing. And then I went ahead and went to Tron and I was like, I just need to know because you guys are scaring us with like, you have to be back. Like you can't, you know, miss your window. And they were like, we do make exceptions for dining. So this was something super important. I learned was um, if you are ever getting a conflict with one of your virtual queues, And I had heard this before with Guardians, um, but I just wasn't sure with Tron because they were doing, they're just being so much stricter with Tron and wanting to make sure that people come back in when their time period is. So I clarified with guest services up there and they were just like, just bring us your receipt. It'll show us that you are sitting down while while your virtual queue is called. Do not rush. Don't stress. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. We'll get you on the light cycle. And I was like, all right, everything's cool. So I went back to Cinderella table and um, I walked in and again, you know, kids 
Uh, <laughs> there were some very excited kids. But the timing of my meal was actually perfect. It was, I think I was the last um, seating before they switch over into lunch. So I did get breakfast, um, but it was also kind of in a half empty castle because people were getting up and leaving and they weren't, they didn't have new people to seat because they paused for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half, something like that to swap over to the lunch menu. So I did have breakfast. Um, and it was, it, it turned out after the kids kind of calmed down and again, they got their princess fix. And I think that truly it's just this magical thing, guys. I don't, I know a lot of people don't love princesses, but if you need boys or girls to calm down, <laughs> take them to one of these meals, because on top of that, it was just, that's what you're paying for. That's what the cost of your meal is doing is giving you this experience that, you know, they'll remember forever. Like my daughter still talks about the time that we went, we went right after her Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique, um, me, uh, uh, makeover, whatever. And she was dressed as Jasmine and she got a picture with the real Jasmine in the castle. And that was it. That's the highlight of her Disney experience uh, thus far. So I will say that the, all of the magic is still there. The food was, was good. Um, they give you pastries in up front. Then you can have like Coke's coffee, whatever. I also got a Bellini because I was like, if I'm here, I'm going to be drinking the castle and try this out. The Bellini was del delightful. And um, I ended up with the French toast. It's a <coughs> apple caramel stuffed French toast situation. And it was fine. I mean, it, it, it was just fine. It wasn't, wasn't my favorite, but, um, and I really like French toast, but it wasn't, wasn't bad again. So again, it, what it comes down to is this dining experience worth it. And I would say it is worth it for the experience. If you are a once in a lifetimer type person. So Teresa, someday you should go just for the experience. Jane, you should go back because it's been a long time. But do I need to go back like every trip, every year? Is it my number one must do? Me, you know, as somebody who goes four or five times a year? No, absolutely not. But I do think I could recommend it for people who are really just looking for something kind of magical and kind of cool. So, um, so, yeah. so my question for you is, mm -hmm. did you feel as an adult single traveler with no children that the experience was different versus like, were you treated differently versus if you had children and were part of a family? No. Um, and yes, that but, has, that has been my experience. Okay. So no, in the past, which no and yes. Yeah. Okay. No. And yes. Um, at Norway, <laughs> I'm not even going to have a forgotten how to say it. In Norway, um, the princesses tried so hard to engage me to like, they wanted to have a whole conversation with me. And I was like, you don't need to, I just want a picture. <laughs> like, I didn't need, I didn't, I didn't need that. I didn't want that. I was, we're good happy. ladies moving along. <laughs> like literally I was like, no, 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 take that time for somebody else. It's all good. I'm just, here. so when I got to Cinderella, I literally was just like, I just want your picture. And they were like, okay. And they posed and they were like, thank you very much. And I said, thank you very much. And it was all good. So in those two cases, I just approached it differently than maybe you would have, because maybe you do want to have more of a princessy conversation, but I just didn't feel, yeah, yeah. I just personally didn't feel like I needed to have a conversation. Um, I'm trying to think which, oh, it was Aurora. Aurora had a whole full on conversation with me in Norway. I couldn't understand her because I was like, she had a, a, a certain accent going on. Um, I can't even say it was like French because it wasn't. I'm not sure what, what was happening there in, in, with Aurora, but I did not understand anything she said. And um, it could be, it was loud. She was kind of low talking, you know, close to me. I don't know y'all, but I don't know what Aurora told me. And I just was like, yeah, I just want the picture. Um, so yes, I do think um, that there, there was a case. Now I was seated in, in Norway across from uh, three ladies who had run the races and mm -hmm. they got up and had full on conversations. And I didn't feel like they were like rushed through or shorted on their time or anything like that from, from where I was sitting, I didn't feel like that was the case. I thought they got, they got a, enough attention. Um, but yes, I could see how that 
could could happen. And I could definitely see how that could be an issue. Did not happen to me. My my experiences were fine, but also I went in with a different mindset, which also could factor in. Right. But, but yeah, good no, question. I got it. Yeah, last couple, last, I want to say last couple of times I've been there. And that's where we were like, eh, we're not going to do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was before I lived here. Mm-hmm. So that's how like long ago it long was. Ago it was yeah. I lived here for 10 years. Like, <laughs> and it was like, oh, we'll take them and we'll put them in the corner. Like we'll put them out of sight. They'll skip over us, like things like that. And it was yeah, like, hold not up. At all. Like, yeah. This food isn't that good for this price. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want the full show. Absolutely. And in fact, when I walked in, I was like looking around going, I wonder where they're going to seat me because I did I did wonder and I did have that question. Right. Girl, I had a prime seat. I had one of the window nice. seats right overlooking the carousel. Beautiful. Like, yeah, it was, again, totally magical and awesome. But also, I think timing of it. So, just for anybody wondering, I think my um, reservation was ten twenty, and that was a great time to get a lot done in uh, Fantasyland and around the park, even before I finally got to my reservation, um, because I did rope drop that day. So it worked out really well for me. Um, y'all will well, you probably will appreciate this. Do you know what I rope dropped that morning? Um. Peter Pan, Dumbo, People Mover. It's gonna be something terrible. Yeah, I was like, it's gonna be something terrible. That's a fantastic choice. Everyone should do that. In their, I agree. I agree. (laughs) It was the People Mover. I was like, you know what would make me happy this rope drop morning? I'm just gonna go ride the People Mover, and so I did, and that was my rope drop. And I just laughed at myself. I was like, I think you might be doing this wrong, but also. Or was I just doing it so right? right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, So those were were my two highlights of of dining, I guess three, because I did enjoy Roundup Rodeo. Um, And uh, Teresa, I know you tried some new food. What did you try? I did. Um, So I'll say, kind of going on, I did a lot of dining that was the the prefix menus. Mm -hmm. And so that was another very nice part about having the annual pass, simply because Usually the the cost of those is, you know, when you're trying to decide on certain items, it you, it's hard to get your money's worth necessarily. And I'm going to not look for the most expensive thing. I'm going to get what I want. But being able to even have just that 10% discount, very, yes. very helpful. Um, Which so both, I, of my, both of my locations had them. Roundup Rodeo did not have the annual pass or DVC yet. That might change, but as of right now, they don't. So just as a FYI... They what? definitely had it when I was there. No, they did not. Go look at your receipts. <laughs> or you got somebody who did some kind of magic, well, whatever, because it's I was going to say maybe they turned it on because we were days later. Mm. We were days later, so it's possible they had turned it on by then. But yeah, I'll look it up. We... I'll, I'll look it up because I don't think that's been I don't think it's been updated, but I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, well, and so one of the ones, so Space 220 was one of the reservations mm-hmm. I finally was able to get. Um, I shouldn't even say that. One of the people I was traveling with was able <laughs> to get on my behalf. Uh, and so that's one that I think initially they were not also doing. They weren't doing annual pass discounts because it is like a third party, but they mm-hmm. are now. They are currently doing it. Um, so I that was really, I enjoyed my meal there a lot. I had a friend who I was traveling with. So she did uh, Cosmic Rewind for the first time on this trip. And she she was talking about how she was very excited that it lived up to the hype for her. She was very concerned that people talking about this attraction so much, it would not meet her expectations. And oddly enough, that was how I felt about the Blue Moon Cauliflower Appetizer at Space 220. I've heard everybody talking about this as being one of the top appetizers. I'm like, it's cauliflower. So I have to yeah. try it. It was amazing. It was it was fantastic. Do you recommend um, I will say I'm not going to go too much into the menu for that because when we were there, they were telling us that the menu is about to change in the next couple of weeks just to do some more seasonal seasonal items. Uh, so I, everything that we had there was very good. Um, the only downside to the meal for me was um, we were also seated by one of the windows. And the bad side to that, like I said, it's cool because you do get a, a good look at what's happening outside of your specific window, but it's much harder to see any of the space scenes happening on the other sides and we were very far on one of the ends so I do feel like I missed out a little bit on some of the overall 
space experience by just being limited to what was in my specific area. Uh, the other part about Space 220 I will mention is, so we were in the restaurant portion and the lounge, uh, those reservations all go very quickly, but we left, we were leaving, it was right around three o'clock. And as we were leaving, there is a walk-up line for people who want to do the lounge who couldn't get a reservation. And there were only like two people in that walk-up line. I know in the past, especially when it first opened, that could get extremely long. Mm -hmm. uh, but so I'll say if you are there um, and you really want to try Space 220, you could not get a reservation. The, the walk-up line did not seem too bad. I will say I was also traveling, I think, because we were there last week. So it was post most people's spring break or Easter breaks. It was post race weekend. It was pre Dapper Day weekend. So I think we just hit, uh, we found one of the rare low, low crowd times at Disney World right now. But it's definitely worth going to see how many people are in waiting for Space 220 if it's something you haven't had a chance to do yet. Uh, so I'll say I also the other new to me was California Grill and it was great. I sadly did not get to take advantage of the the fireworks. Our dining was at <laughs> 6 p.m. And one nice thing about it is if California Grill, if you eat there, even if your timing doesn't match up with fireworks, uh, you can go back. As long as you've been there that day, you can go back to go see the fireworks. Mm -hmm. It was raining, so did not really want to go out and stand on the balcony to watch them. And I think fireworks were even delayed that day. So that part didn't work out. But that that food was amazing. That has probably been like one of my top Disney meals ever. Like the food I there was so good. Yeah, it's been a long, mm -hmm. a really long time. It's also on my list to go back and revisit this because um, it's been it's been a really long time. I mean, I want to say it could be 10 years since I had California Girl. Um, Jane, when was the last time you were there? I think it was like nine nine years ago because I definitely lived here at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a not great experience, but it wasn't their fault. It was the company I was with. So uh, when you come back, let's do <laughs> California Grill and uh we'll uh re redo that absolutely yeah i'll put that on the list Appreciate i it. guarantee you i'll be better company i'll i'll scrub that out of your yes. mind <laughs> but, and I, I even had one of the people i was traveling with they had been there during the 50th anniversary mm -hmm. menu they had a different menu for that which they did not care for but they loved everything that they had uh this time around so i did the um the beef short rib wontons which they said was like oh it's a little spicy make sure you're okay with that it was not even jalapeno spicy which i know for some people is for me it if they tell you it's spicy it's it's not too bad okay. um, but that was delicious um they had a grouper with like a green curry sauce that was amazing and i want that sauce all the time and i think <laughs> the thing i was most impressed by was my dessert it was this peanut and banana tort i think they were calling it and it was one of their plant-based desserts mm -hmm. um but it you i would never have known that unless it was explicitly written out so again looking for if you're looking for good plant-based options that dessert at california grill is fantastic highly highly recommend all right all right awesome all right well we are going to wrap this one up um with there's a whole lot of other like little things that have have gone on um but in the essence of time uh we gave you a bunch of great dining reservation options for you to think about for the future. So I think that's now the topic of this, uh, of this, this podcast. Um, but we also <laughs> did want to bring up and we did want to discuss some of the really big news uh, that happened to Disney last week, the week before what is time. I'm not even sure exactly the date of all of this going that down, except that it was a huge explosion in the Disney universe. And um, that is when the Disney company has decided that they needed to sue um, the governor of Florida, as well as the board members of the, uh, now it's called something else, but the Disney, uh, the, the Reedy Creek board, the new Reedy Creek board. The, the and Florida Tourism, Tourism. Tourism. Yes, yes, that one. That's the board that's getting it's a mouthful. Sued. So yes, have to look that up every time I say it. Yes, that's the one that's getting sued. Um, so this was a big, you know, explosion of uh, things that have been happening for what a year now, I guess. Um, that kind of led up to this. We're not going to rehash it. We're not going to go into like all the details of on the, all of that. But I think Teresa, you had some resources of people that if you are curious what this lawsuit um, from a 
lawyer perspective, because none of us are legal scholars. We have our opinions. You can bet your booty we do. Um, but we're not legal scholars. Uh, so we don't know, you know, what it is uh, in detail, just for what it's worth. What it feels like to me is the bottom line is it's a First Amendment issue, is that, you know, basically the government is telling a company, which the Supreme Court has voted that a company is protected by First Amendment rights, um, what they can and cannot say. And so in the end, you know, hey, I kind of feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of validation going on with that particular part of the argument. Um, but Teresa, you've said that you know of two places that if people really want to get into this, they could go to. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we, we're pretty, you know, open with other, you know, other podcasts, other blogs, other things that we're looking Absolutely. at for some of our news. So, you know, we, we like to support people who maybe have more knowledge in areas that we do. So I want, I think the resource I'm kind of looking at and going to just to understand some of the broader implications of this or breaking down legal documents is a Disney tourist blog. So that's Tom Bricker. He is primarily known for his photography, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But he also, um, before he started doing this full time, he was a lawyer. So I, I trust him as he's going through and looking at, you know, the full legal briefs and kind of understanding what, where both sides are coming from and how this could impact, you know, the Disney company, how it could impact Florida, just what, his some of his thoughts on it like coming from that perspective and he does have a really good post um both breaking it down kind of starting with you know once the initial lawsuit came out as well as some of the response from some of the people in the local government so i i definitely think he's someone to look to if you just want a a good understanding of what the lawsuit actually says um and then i also know that laughing place they do have people who are attending those Central Florida Tourism Oversight District board meetings. So they are making sure that as conversations are happening on that end, that they're in the room and reporting out on what's being said there and kind of what just, I think, look for, always always assess your resources, you know, whenever you're yes. looking at anything news-based, assess your resources. Um, but I think those are, those are two that are making sure that they are reporting on the new side of it and kind of breaking down some of those details that for me, I, if I was just looking at, you know, the quick bites on Twitter, I would lose a lot of context. So I wanted to just at least acknowledge those. If you want to dig more into it and kind of understand what's going on, those are two of the, the resources that I personally am looking to, to get information. And why we bring this up is we feel like this could have a huge impact. I mean, huge impact on Central Florida, on Florida in general, on the cast members, on the Disney company, you know, for better or for worse, if you don't love the Disney company, like we get that, like they're a corporation. And in some ways they are there to, they exist to make money. You know, that is their bottom line. And I think we're all, as much as we love the magic of it, we're, we're also understanding of how capitalism works and that that is their bottom line. Um, but Jane, you know, as a Floridian, if you have any comments, please remember this is a PG um, episode, uh, but you're welcome to to feel, you know, anything that you want to like point out or say um, in particular, since you got some skin in this game, like you live right outside the gates of Disney and you have friends that are cast members uh, that this could affect your area. Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard for me to um, have this conversation sort of unbiasedly, as we have discussed. Um, <clears throat> I do live here. It does very much affect us. Um, I am very politically involved um, in general in my life. So this is not something new for me. This is not like, oh, I decided to just suddenly jump into politics because it pertained to Disney. No, that is absolutely not true. Um, I think there's, um, to Teresa's point earlier, there's a lot of places where you can really get like a skewed sense of what's going on. And at the end of the day, this lawsuit is about a first amendment, right? That is solely what it is about. So they can talk about, well, not every company has a district or whatever. That's great. That's not what this is about. You actually came out and verbally said that you were attacking the Disney company 
for giving their opinion mm -hmm. on laws you are trying to pass. And I'm not going to talk about those laws and how I feel about those. I'm certain that most of you can guess. Um, but, you know, this First Amendment case is huge because, you know, the what comes out of this case has massive implications across the entire U.S. So even locally, if they decided to take away Reedy Creek and change all of that, you know, let's not forget, everybody wants to say that Disney doesn't give anything to the state. They paid almost $2 billion in taxes alone for people who run their own government, which, by the way, they pay for. So if they're not doing that, somebody else has to do that. One of the great reasons that ding, ding, everybody ding. has moved here to Florida is because we do not have state income tax. Mm -hmm. Coming from a state like New York, where I came from, they had massive income taxes. Mm -hmm. We didn't love that. But we come here to Florida, we have no income tax. You know who offsets that? $2 billion from Disney and all of the things that they pay for, for their own district. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Locally, yes, this is absolutely major. You want to put a prison up over there? I live two miles from here. And you want to put a prison up? Like, first of all, I don't know where you're getting the land for that because that's a whole other situation. But, like, it's such a joke. But at the end of the day, it is a First Amendment case. And I, and I understand that a lot of people feel that Hollywood, companies, whatever, shouldn't be able to have a voice in politics. But unfortunately, this is fortunately and unfortunately, this is what our company was founded, our country was founded on. And you can't just make that choice when th things don't agree with you. So um, I just want to say that because for those of you that are not in our state and may not feel this personally, it is very important for you to understand how large this case is mm -hmm. and the actual real meat and potatoes of what they're fighting. Also, to note, this filing was 77 pages. Mm -hmm. For those of you in the Disney universe, this national, likely Supreme Court First Amendment case was 77 pages, not seven to 800 pages. And I'm just going <laughs> to leave that at that. For those of you in the Disney universe, take that home to think about that. <laughs> and and Teresa made a, a good point to call out one of the things that Disney said uh, when they did do this, um, when they took the step. Uh, what was it that you wanted to say about? Yes. Uh, so one of the things that Disney specifically wrote, and you will, like I said, I, I know Tom Bricker put it in his his blog post about it. So I'm, I might not word this exactly right. But they were saying part of the reason they wanted to do this is because being the Walt Disney Company and Walt Disney World in particular, they have the resources to approach this battle where there's a, a lot of businesses in Florida, a lot of smaller companies. Um, and like I said, even if this becomes a, a nationwide yes. issue, there's a lot of companies that do not have the Disney legal team resources to be able to fight this battle. And so they're not just doing it on behalf of their own interests and the cast members, but they're doing it for, for the little guy who, you know, also has a vested interest in, in this topic, making sure that, you know, they're, they're representing everybody that's in their broader community. Yeah. And I think um, to that point, Teresa, and I'm not as great as Teresa is about quoting exactly who the source is, but um, there's someone that I follow on TikTok who did a really great deep dive about this. And part of it is also that the companies that are majority invested in the Walt Disney Corporation, because let's all not kid ourselves, this comes back to stocks, right? It comes back mm -hmm. to stock and money. And those two companies are massive, massive financial investment companies. And so they are also going to feel this if that happens. So it's not just the Walt Disney Company. It's these two companies also that are helping and saying, hey, guys, we have to make this happen because yes it will impact our bottom line and our dollars and cents and all that good stuff but you know overall there are really multiple companies that are coming together to fight this and i think that that is what's important because i mean it was the first the first the first amendment the first 
<laughs> it's an yes. important one. It's an important one. Uh, hey guys, let's sit down and talk about the very first thing we want to talk about. Oh, it's this. Oh. <laughs> we don't get to just toss that out the window. So anyway, please, please do some research and understand where they're coming from. And it is not just a place of, you know, potentially differing ideas. It is about the foundations of this country at this point. It's deep. It goes deep. And so... Here's where we are. Um, all right. I think that's kind of the, the the news that we had, the trip reports that we had, the dining reports, a little bit of, you know, lawsuit thrown in just for extra spice. Funsies. Uh, <laughs> just for funsies. Um, Jane, where can people find us if they want to come and have more of a conversation? Uh, you can find us on our Facebook group. It's No Guilt Disney on Facebook, or you can email us at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. And make sure you keep joining us on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it is no fun to fangirl the First Amendment alone. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>